Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? nice, yeah? Oh man, a little boom chuck to get Sunday morning going. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
Well, good morning, church. Our text this morning uh, for the scripture reading as well as what the sermon will be based on is in the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. And if you'll please remain standing, we'll take this moment to confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us go to God in prayer to open worship this morning. So if you would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for yet another week of us celebrating Advent. And Lord, we know that as you sent your Son to this earth to, uh, to be born, to be the one that takes all the sin away from us, Lord, we know that we can look to you at all times for, for comfort and for peace. And Lord, this, this Christmas season, we ask for that. Lord, we ask that you bless our time together today, as well as the message we're about to receive and the music we're singing in our fellowship as well. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. They're putting decorations up in front of my old church. The shepherds and the wise men and the hay. There's Joseph and his Mary looking down on heaven's birth. And the angels saying, don't you be afraid. Makes me stop and think about how you showed up down here in a humble bed made.
been described as calling all the least of these. Come make your way to where your hope is found. If I'm honest, some days I feel too far out of reach. But the manger reminds me of reach now. From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. Stable tells a story of the distance you will go. And the lonely and the lost, there's no sin too far gone to find a savior. Lying in the manger. message. Come on up. We are continuing our clothing of the series. And speaking of clothes, do you guys dress yourselves in the morning? Do you put much? Do you? Do, do you set your clothes out the night before? Yeah. Oh, you do? How many, how many set their clothes out the night before? Some of you. How many just get up in the morning, put your clothes on, go, yeah. yeah you know, I've been dressing myself and I'm getting pretty good at it, so I really don't have to put much thought into it anymore. But, you know, I mean, obviously, uh-oh. I've got two different shoes on. Did you guys notice that? No? Good. I'm hoping nobody else noticed that either. It's kind of embarrassing. Anything else I should worry about? What? My shirt. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I guess maybe you're never too old to take a look at yourself, huh? Make sure, take a look in the mirror and make sure you're not all messed up. Well, you know what? It's always good to look in the mirror spiritually. Did you know that we can look in the mirror spiritually to make sure we're not all mixed up too? And you know what? I don't want to look at other people compare myself to how I'm doing compared to them, because what if someone else up as I am, right? So I want up spiritually, so I look to Jesus. Because you know what? Whoever lived a perfect human life. So we can look to Jesus and his life to know how we can live our life. Because you know what? Jesus is clothed in perfection. We definitely are not. And you know what? Our sin is a lot worse 
than even how I dress this morning. You know what? But Jesus loves us anyway. And so Jesus came into this world to live that perfect life that we can't, right? And to die on the cross, taking the punishment for our sin, and to give us forgiveness. So how amazing that God loves us even though he sees us and how mixed up and messed up we are. But Jesus came so that we can be saved from our sin. And he clothes us in forgiveness and love so that we can be with him forever. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. King Jesus, I mess up more than my clothes. I mess up my life and I sin. But you came to save me. So thank you for your forgiveness. I love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for helping me close this morning. So if anybody feels the need to help Greg get dressed on Sunday mornings, um, we can get you his phone number. You could call in advance, check it out. Announcements time. First time here. You know what? If you're a guest in our service this morning, let me say this. We are thrilled that you're with us. I hope that you bump into Jesus today. And I hope that spurs you on to come back next week because we are glad you're here. One of the things we do in our services is we have this moment called Prayers of the People. And if you have a prayer request that you would like to be included in that, there's the phone number you can text to, 402-242-5051. Ways to give. During the next song, we'll be passing the joy baskets. It's one of the ways to give. And, and maybe God has led you to do others. There's lots of ways. The church center app, doing it online, you know, here in the service. The key thing is, is that when we give, it's from a heart that says, God, you have given me all that I need and then some. Here is some back for the work of your kingdom. That's a, that's a moment of gratitude for us. Join us for Christmas Eve services, absolutely, next week, December 24th, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 3 o'clock. Hope that you can be here for one of those. The Haiti Project is coming up, and I have with me, there's a lot of data on there, and you can find all this stuff on the Church Center app or on the website. What I would like for you to know this morning is at the next steps counter, as you're going out, out the doors, someone will be there and they will have cards that look like this. Um, 216 meals for children in Haiti have been purchased in honor of or in memory of. $80 will buy a box of food that will feed 216 children in Haiti. So we want the 1C Fellowship to know that this is an opportunity and it is there for you. And if you can lean into that, we'd be grateful. Mission of Hope would be grateful. Most of all, children would be grateful in Haiti. Finally, it's the 15th anniversary celebration. That's coming up on January 14th at our 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock service. There's already lots of people working in the background to make this happen. So if you're one of those folks that puts things on your calendar in advance, plug in January 14th. I think that's it.
holy night. Boy, there's a lot of beauty wrapped up in that song. A lot of meaning in that, th- in that song. When we, when we think about God in his heaven, in his kingdom, all creation at his fingertips. And what does he do? He sends this baby Jesus. This baby Jesus into a manger. And we've already heard how that story goes, he lives a life and at about 33 years old, he surrounds himself with some disciples and teaches them and does miracles and goes to the cross. And that's what this meal is about. 
So yeah, he came as a baby. And we celebrate that. And every Sunday, we celebrate what he did here. And so before we come to the Lord's table, it's good and right that we take a moment and confess together as a community of faith our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Go in his beautiful peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. I pray that I get the apartment at Four Seasons. Thank you so much, Jehovah. Prayer blessing for my loving wife, Sylvia, to have a very happy birthday today. You have brought so much joy into my life. Thank you, with love. Please, Lord, I pray my nine-year-old son finds and seeks Jesus. His behavior at school and lack of respect and gratitude is so hurtful. I cry every day praying to God that he improves and that God will soften his heart to love everyone. Please, God, help find and seek you. In Jesus' name I pray. Prayers for utility lineman that was injured this week. Please watch over him and his family. Help his injuries heal and bless his family while they are going through this terrible time. Dear Lord, we are asking for your healing hands to comfort and heal our friend Rich Gaver as he has been taken to Omaha Methodist Hospital with complete kidney failure and many medical problems. Help keep him out of pain and bring him peace that only you can provide. Lord, we offer up these prayers to you, the ones spoken and the ones unspoken. And we have this truth that you already know that before we speak what is on our hearts, wonderful counselor that you are, we praise you and glorify you. Let every heart be, be a reminder that you are always with us. We plan our days and our course, but it is you, Lord, that establishes our steps. Help us to remember 
that there is not a tear wasted and every pain has a purpose. Thank you, God, for sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior from sin and death. What other king would ever sacrifice their only son to forgive our sin? Not one. You are the great I am, the almighty, the highest of highest. Walk with us through this day and guide our thoughts and words so that we can bring you all the glory. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, good morning, church. I was thinking about this sermon this morning, and it occurred to me that I would, I would before we begin, I would, I would like to do something that is a rich tradition, certainly in the Lutheran tradition, but probably others. And it's just this. It is my privilege to welcome you this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to read the text again. I just read it a moment ago, Jonah 3, 6 through 10. Um, but that's okay. We can't hear the word of God too often, can we? So you're going to get this one more time. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even... God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Now up on the screen are a couple of artistic renditions of Jonah and the city of Nineveh. And I've put those up there. Um, I think visuals kind of contribute to um, unpacking God's word a little bit, and I hope that will happen this morning. There's two, there's two scriptures up there, Jonah 2.10 and then um, Jonah 3.1. So we, we kind of go back in context to Jonah 2.10, and we get this. And pay attention to this word, then. Then the Lord 
ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Now, what preceded that then? I would, I would guess that a lot of you are familiar with the Jonah story. You know about the call and the refusal and the running and the ship and getting chucked overboard and getting swallowed by a big fish for three days. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Then we jump into the very first verse of the next chapter. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Boom. Couldn't be any more clear, could it? I like these images because I think they create attention. And if you look at them and you see Jonah, so here's a guy whose clothes and his overall presentation are a bit shabby after being exposed for three days to the digestive acids of a large fish and lots of water and who knows what else was going on in there. But notice his uplifted face. What do you see? Do you see a man who's bewildered? Do you see a man who's maybe repentant? Maybe it's the look of someone who's finally convinced that God is calling. Oh, got it. Yes. Then look at Nineveh. Now, this artistic depiction, use your imagination here a little bit. This could indicate a powerful and luxurious city that's quite comfortable with itself. Let your eyes go back to Jonah. This is the dude that's going to walk into Nineveh. He's kind of chewed up. And Nineveh is full of beauty and luxury. And all likelihood, he's going to stand out. So what do we have here in this tension? Well, we've got a man on the run from God. He's kept alive in the belly of a whale for three days. Then he's projected from the whale to the beach in his half-digested clothing. And his destination is Nineveh. Nineveh. If you're interested in these kinds of things, it's a very interesting search to do. What was historical Nineveh all about? It would take pages to do that, but it, it, you, can, you can kind of tease out some things that Nineveh was probably about. It was, it was a city with a culture of wealth and affluence. It was a city with a culture of power and violence. And it's a place where all the worldly goodies were available to the citizens. A place exalting in their sin, a place exalting in their excesses. So what fed this culture and kept it alive is this term, and perhaps you've heard it, the term is cultural narrative. And every culture has a narrative. Another way to say it is every culture has its stories that it tells. And they change over the years and over the decades. And there's a definition. And as you hear this definition and you read it on the screen, think about how it fits with what you know this morning about American culture 
and how all of us are surrounded by this cultural narrative. So here's the definition. Cultural narratives are the stories and beliefs and practices we use to create identity, structure, and meaning. Cultural narratives offer insight into who we are and what we believe and where we came from and what we value. Religion is a cultural narrative. Customs and traditions are cultural narratives. What does all this have to do with the story of Jonah? And why use this story to kind of look into this particular topic? I mean, a, a, a text like Jonah has been preached thousands of times, if not ten thousands of times. And there's a host of different directions that it could go. Which points to one of the things about God's word is that God's word is remarkably rich in its ability to instruct. The scriptures have this capacity to reach into every corner of our lives. Every corner. And in 21st century America, we have a vast assortment of cultural narratives which are always in competition with the word of God finding its way into us. Now this picture of people talking illustrates, this is one of the things about narratives. It's just eh, the noise. They can be so loud. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you've heard these noises they tell us how to think. They tell us how to act. They tell us what to believe. Where do they come from? Well, they come at us from the conservative camp, and they come at us from the liberal camp, and they come at us from the middle-of-the-road sources, and they come from all the sectors that make up society, like education, the political sector, the religious sector, our, our communities that we move about in. We hear them, these cultural narratives, we hear them in the brand of news that we choose to listen to or read about. These cultural narratives are present in our everyday conversations, in the coffee shops, in the restaurants, around the kitchen table. And in our day and age, they are most certainly present on every single social media platform that you can access. Cultural narratives. Back to Jonah. Here's this prophet of God with a directive. And he is running headlong into a cultural narrative that kept power and excess and the pleasures of sin alive. And he was bringing a word from God. I wager to say that that was going to severely disrupt all of their current delights. The word was not massive. It's not an oracle like you might in the book of Isaiah. You read these prophecies and they're pages long. It's not a, it's not a large oracle. It's a simple message. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Look at the screen. Count the words. 
There's eight of them. That's the message. Eight words Jonah shouted to the crowds. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. But what happens next? Absolutely stunning. And we have a couple of verses that tell us what happened next. Jonah 3, 5 says, The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. The very next verse says, When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap, and sat on a heap of ashes. The people responded. The king responded. What is this? This is repentance. This is repentance. This is the spirit of God using eight words, eight words to break through the noise of the current narrative in the city of Nineveh. Break through, turn their hearts to him in a way from themselves. Are you at all intrigued by sackcloth and ashes? Does that tickle your brain at all? Yeah, no, okay. I don't have any. I don't have my favorite sackcloth on hangers in the closet, and I don't have a, you know, nice size garbage can full of ashes in the garage that I use during my moments of wanting to repent. These are, but these are important words. They're Old Testament words for the most part. And in Old Testament times, when you read about sackcloth and ashes, this is a this is an action, and the action is recognized as a public sign of repentance and humility before God. It, it was a visual. Sackcloth and ashes. Repentance. Beautiful word. Repentance is a response to the activity of God to draw us away from sin with genuine change. He saw this humble change of heart that was represented by sackcloth and ashes. It caused him to relent and not bring about his plan to destroy them. Very, very significant. The inhabitants of the city of Nineveh, their, their repentance in response to Jonah's message, this became, has become kind of a, um, a, tip, a type it's, the, it's a type of the proper response to Jesus' preaching. So now we're kind of fast-forwarding out of Jonah into the Gospels where Jesus is preaching. And here's why. These Ninevite citizens are pictured at the final judgment as condemning the evil, sign-seeking generation of Jesus' time. Matthew 12, 41 Jesus is saying to the crowds, the people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. 
In Luke eleven twenty nine through 30, as the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent. What happens to the Son of Man will be a sign to these people that he was sent by God. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus, in his talking to the crowds, I don't, I don't know who, who, who was there, who this particular crowd was, but it seems that this topic of repentance was on Jesus' mind, and he reaches back into the Old Testament, which he knew really well, and he pulls out this story of Jonah. He says, you know what? The, the people in Nineveh were brighter than you guys. They got it. They heard the message. They repented. I'm here. I'm greater than Jonah. You've done nothing. Imagine a prophet traveling through Columbus. And he goes to the center of town and he, he takes the stage at the square over there. And he begins to shout a message. 40 days from now, Columbus will be destroyed. Forty days from now, Columbus will be destroyed. What if we're in that audience? What if our, some family or some friends are there? What if this goes on for several hours? Same message. What could possibly stir up our hearts to examine our ways, to repent and turn to the Lord on the basis of eight words? Here is something that is enormous. I would offer this. It's the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God that quickens God's word to the heart. It was not just the words that Jonah spoke. It's what the Spirit can do with those words. Yeah. Today's Sunday. And as is our custom, we gather here to worship. And that is for sure a highlight of the week. But Monday's coming. Monday's coming, and we're going to... We're going to be bombarded and surrounded by the current cultural narratives that are out there. They're going to be persistent. They're going to be insistent. And they're going to be loud. But those of us who follow Jesus have a different narrative to hear and follow. It is the one true narrative which penetrates and rules over all other cultural narratives. That is the gospel story that's founded upon the grace and the mercy of a God who for our sakes and for our salvation sent Jesus. And he came with the hope and the promise of life and salvation and forgiveness of sin. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of the gospel. You did come. We've sang about it in multiple ways this morning. You came in that manger, and that's where it started. And the plan was, 
I will redeem these sinful people. Thank you that you have redeemed me and my friends out here today. Those that know you walk in newness of life. We are so very, very grateful. Amen.
Soon. 